0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Skills, Baby. I am your host, Kelly Bailey. Each week, I chat with inspiring visionaries about the skills that make them successful, how they develop those skills, and their innovative approaches to improving skills-based hiring and learning around the world. Come learn what skills help you live your best life. So my guest today, so excited for this, (laughs) is Dr. Justina Sala. Um, So first off, Yastina and I are friends, we've worked together for a long time, we share a lot of the same passions. So I'm just going to start with that. But I'm going to give you a little bit of a background on Yastina. Um, So she is currently the Senior VP of Analytics at Emsi. She has nearly 20 years of experience driving enterprise-wide transformation through a combination of leadership skills, advanced analytics techniques, (laughs) and entrepreneurial innovation. And let me just tell you, so Justina was a pioneer in using job postings for unstructured labor market supply demand analytics. Um, She is the one that made me fall in love, actually made me, I was in love with what skills could do, but it made me see that it was possible. Um, So first she was, at first she started doing this work as the deputy executive director for the labor market information at New Jersey Department of Labor. She later did that. what what you'd like to say parallel to me, um, (laughs) at Burning Glass. Um, And she was the director of analytics and strategic research there. Um, After her time there, she also served as the director of analytics at Rutgers University. And then she joined MZ in 2017. But let me just tell you about her obsession, (laughs) which you might be like, wait a second, it's very similar to yours. Um, But it is in, and that's just because again, I like learned from her. Um, so her obsession is building tools to help job seekers personalize and optimize their career pathways. She uses advanced statistical and machine learning techniques to help workers, employers, and regions define their unique talent niches and then build talent strategies that enhance the strengths and bridge the gaps. Now I'm not. I have to say this because listen. Um, Dr. Salah, and she earned that title because not only does she have a bachelor's in economics from American University in Cairo, she also has her doctorate of philosophy and political science from Rutgers University, and that is an earned title that I need to mention. <laughs> so, thanks for bearing with me, Estina, and thank you so much oh, for joining so me today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure working with you for so many years, let's not count. I know, I know. (laughs) We don't want to count, but it's been an amazing, amazing journey. And I just feel like we need to almost start back at the beginning of your story because, you know, for all of us in this world of skills, innovations, in this, in the world of people who really thought it was actually possible for people in general, lifelong learners, as we call them, to actually Mm -hmm. understand their skills and be able to make choices off of that information. Like you were there right at the beginning, thinking those things through. And so I feel like, let's just start there. Um, t- like go into the details. I gave the brief high level, like go into the details of this story. Cause it is so fascinating.
1: Oh my God. So yes. Um, and 2006, I um, I started working for the Department of Labor. I had, of course, the labor market information, which is supposed to be here's your employment stats, here's your unemployment, this is the injury uh, industry statistics and all that. Um, But in 2008, um, my boss, the Assistant Commissioner, um, got deployed to Iraq for 18 months, and then September. Uh, The sky literally fell on all of us. So September 2009, the financial crisis happened. It's just a meltdown everywhere. And at the time, I felt so helpless. Mm -hmm. Um, And also the statistics that we were providing, we are supposed to be here, the provider of information that guide people into you know, decisions and tell them what to do. And at that time, this data is incredibly useful, but at this, at the time, it was not useful at all. So, you know, meeting after meeting, I would be invited to all these talks, one time in this, you know, the, all, all the northern workforce boards here, and then another, uh, uh, you know, uh, discussion there, and it's all I, all I have is present this employment and unemployment numbers, and I'm saying, well, here are the projections. Finance is expected to grow, and healthcare is expected to grow, and they, they literally, everybody in the room literally looks like, at me like, have you been under a rock? Have you- you know, read any of this news, it's like, I know eventually, eventually, if we make it out of this crisis alive, finance will grow again. And it wasn't, it wasn't working at the time. It was just not working. So like every time I would go back to my office and just literally feel despair that, you know, I, one more opportunity where I could be guiding people, providing information and I can't. So I heard that there is this uh, database that feeds uh, feeds feed New Jersey Department of Labor job board. It's a very very simple job board where you know people go in and search for jobs, um, and then there you go. So and they they find you know all those index jobs. So I I I called the vendor and I said, hey, you know this database. That one, that one, that feeds our job board. And I don't know if we pay how much for it, like, you know, that much. Um, How much would it be for me to get the data dump before it goes into into the tool? And the person uh, at the time looked at me like, I had like several heads and I'm, you know, crazy. He's like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, that database. We throw it in the trash. And I go like, can you give it to me before you throw
0: it? And let, let me, let me just add in here. This is the, this is the first time that I heard of Justina. So I was actually working for that small company. Um, She was, the state of New Jersey was our client. We were feeding the jobs into that job board. And the call that she made was to my colleague And I was like, we literally all were, I remember in the conference room being like, why, why would someone,
1: (laughs) why would someone want garbage, right? (laughs) Yes. So I asked for the garbage, just like, are you going to charge me because I need it and I don't really have money because I don't have even a value for it yet. I need to investigate. So I got it for free. (laughs) Out of the trash is like you know. Be my guest. You want to play in my in my garbage can? Go ahead, play in it. <laughs> and so I got the data. It was huge, and Lord have mercy, it was so dirty. It was very very dirty. At the time, there were no no kind of standardization for for this data at all. All it is is like here are the employers are asking for these jobs. You're gonna find something that says a title. Um, and and then the rest is a text. yeah. So I said, well, there must be some value in it. There, you know, if if the, the vision is, if I have data on the unemployed, and I did, which New Jersey was in a very, very unique position, and we get this on the demand, the employers, what they're asking for, voila, this would be the perfect demand supply. So it's like, okay, nobody's out there to build, to build a taxonomy for all this data or to, standardize it well i did it myself so i created a little tiny occupation parser industry parser um title parse it was so much in its infancy Mm uh but i ended up doing it and then i kept you know putting pressure on all the vendors it's like we need this data standardized it is like we are going to use it Uh, But not before I actually got some buy-in from the department and from the commissioner and the governor that this, there is some, there is there, there. And with that, we, you know, we started investing. Then all vendors started competing on who would do the best uh, standardization. How many job do you
0: think were even online at that time? Like it was, I feel like it was still early, you know, I mean, New Jersey had 30,000. I remember
1: a month in a full month New Jersey had 30,000 so you know the the full economy and it had 30,000 because we were uh, we were a client. <clears throat> yeah. Probably nationwide at the time there would I I would say like 200k max. Amazing. Um Amazing. And, and now like nationwide you're talking about um 12 million to, you know um, in any given month. So it was it's, it's a huge,
0: uh, transformation difference. And when at this time, and I'm just like stopping on these things, cause obviously like we, you know, we share the same passion, but like at this time when you were looking at this and you felt this despair, right? So you felt this despair, like I want to help these people. What information you had at the time to help these people, you just felt like it wasn't going to help. I mean, and so maybe talk for one second about the difference between what you had available to you and why when you saw this in that early stage, it was sort of like, aha. <laughs>
1: yes, yes. So, so structured labor market information is based on time series. So it will, it will capture things, seasonality it captures very well. Like are you in summer or are you in fall? Mm-hmm. Um, it captures uh, like a business cycle, a normal business cycle decently well. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of this data will be just a, a a time series where here we we get a a uh, you know as we do a survey, and these are the employers. This is how the occupations are made up. Uh, but it's all you you're looking back at what happened and mm-hmm. trying from the trend of what happened in the past to project what you think will happen in
0: the future. Yeah. And so, so when that all, moment in time happened, this you know financial crisis how were you going to project anything from that because that's a scenario that hadn't been seen.
1: It we have never seen something like that. This complete meltdown that basically the um the blood that flows into the economy, all the cash flow was dried up. And all of a sudden every all businesses were crashing, literally crashing. There the, the banks crashed and pulled down with it. Yep. It wasn't you know the the worst structural problem, it was you know long time coming but no one predicted it yeah Yeah. so with that everybody when i you know there there's our data which which is generally good but didn't help at the time Mm -hmm. and i go into those meetings especially when you know i i build some rapport with the workforce agencies and i would hear them saying like this this would just melt my heart i don't see a point in getting up every day and going to work okay. what should we train them for there are no jobs we know there are no jobs and that's just like no, no there are jobs it's employers are still hiring it's like no they're not no they're not stop it mm-hmm. and so when i when i started providing this data all i wanted to say is like Yes, there is hope. It is, you know, it's a, it's sometimes a needle in a haystack, but this kind of tool will actually bring that light, that laser light, into that needle in, um, in a haystack. So, and then when, you know, when, when, when this, when this opportunity came up, there were all kind of debate about the value of this data. It's like, no, but this is, this is very, it's like, yes, it is. Uh, we, you know, how should we trust it? Look at all those duplicates. Look at this. It's like, yes, I understand, but I'm giving you the employer, call them up. <laughs> CD, are you really looking for, for, you know, 400 people to do X? It's like, no, it's really 50. Well, 50 is something I have, I have on my ro- roster, like 500. I can get, 10% out of that ride into these jobs through yeah. this maneuvering. So it is something like I, I am looking, I'm still, I'm struggling as, a, as an employer and I still can't find talent, um, y- you know, even though there are so many unemployed, but unemployed, like they don't fit my need. And so with that perspective wh- where it all started to, to come together that even, even the taxonomies that I built know they're really, really looking for very, very uh, detailed information. And the only way they could do it is through someone calling up the employers, like, what, what is the composition of that? That was what is available now. And then we've come a very long way since then. But it was, it was a beginning. It was, it was uh, a lot of resistance, but I, I was like, bring it bring it because i knew there is value and i knew there's not much relevant information elsewhere so are you gonna are you gonna just dismiss it because the data is is not clean enough well then you might as well this dismiss your own job because there's no there are no jobs yeah so it was it was good times in the bit.
0: early in the early days of this, you know, I laugh when you say like most people, you know, the naysayers out there basically, but you and I both experienced this in our own ways through that oh, time period Lord. where people, honestly, if you talked about real-time data, they thought you were crazy. And I'm yes. not just saying like a little bit of people, I'm saying almost everyone. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. I mean, I know my experience, yeah. but I'd love to hear like, what did you, like you're saying like you knew. And you just kept pushing is there anything in particular that helped you through that time where it's you just you just kept wanting to go
1: yes uh i i don't look it's almost like either either like a really really good devil or angel came on me that i zoned out And whatever they are saying, I did not hear it, but also I didn't come out until I worked on it a little bit. So I was testing a little bit for a few months until I saw the value. And then especially when I put the demand and supply next to each other, it's like, I'm doing this. I am doing this because I I know, I know that there are people who can benefit from this. It was, and I had access to training All that on training, all that on unemployed, um, all that on employment, all that on industries, you name it, I had it on my little computer. So like I see how many already trained as, and and this was probably one more motivation that in the middle of all this, you would see like, okay, if, if it's a male, they go to truck driving, CDL. If it's a female, it's CNA. Uh, a certified nursing assistant and that was it that was all they could do It's like do you know how many people are already on your rosters that you could have just called and sent you know you're 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 just you're hurting people you're hurting the person that you already trained because you're putting more and more pressure on the competition for them Uh, um, and because i was seeing those stats it's like well what else would we do it's like all right uh, and this was the biggest mind shift for me that as long as I say this training is not working, this training is not working, this data is not working, the training is not working, I am a broken record. I'm not helping anyone. Right. Once I shifted it into, well, this is something that could work, that's, I think, and, 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 and
0: and yeah, so sort it's of, like take down the, all the problems to the positive yeah,
1: i am gonna i'm gonna show you i'm not gonna evaluate your programs and say what you are doing but i'm gonna give you the option of something else yeah um and that i think i think you know before the whole thing got a little bit you know into the politics of training and who's gonna get what kind of t- dollar this was very very helpful mindset because there were so many uh, uh jobs for for people with high school for people you, you know with with no experience and i actually called those yeah. out and said like you know you can do this mm-hmm. you know, every it job needs needs a bachelor's degree and i would call them out um so bit by bit it was it was it, you know it was um, a little bit of a mind shift especially when the tool becomes the the you yeah. know or dollars that determine what happens with these with this tool. Um, and there, you know, many times like I would go into this meeting and and it's like here she comes again talking about her garbage data. <laughs> and you know and, and and every time it's like, oh, and and you have all those duplicates and it's like, yes, I understand. But does does it provide any value? Does it provide any value? was always my question back at them. Like, you know, is it something that you could do with a phone call? And every month I would send a report with that, like, you know, here, here are the employers that are hiring, here are the, you know, the occupations yeah. they're hiring, this is this is what not. And some of the web directors actually, they 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 were so upset with the data that how could, you know, the, the, the great and reputable labor market information <laughs> provide this kind of data to us <laughs> and it, it happened one time that I was you know I got many rotten tomatoes at my face so many times mm-hmm. but you just keep going you yeah, keep yeah. going because I just felt that it is it is way better than not providing any kind of tool exactly so at last exactly. I was at the one one conference I remember uh it was uh, like uh i was i was at that conference for all like uh the state employment and, ter- and training conference it's uh, uh you know an annual conference and i was presenting and then one of the biggest uh you know critiques of the data that i was sending stood up after my presentation and i, I was like okay this is not going to be good. Oh, no. this is, she's going to tell oh, no. people like <laughs> Please don't listen to a word she says, and so I just looked down at okay it's it's gonna be okay. She will do whatever she always does that this data is not good and and um, and what she said is like you know she's been sending us for several months data about manufacturing jobs in New Jersey, and that there are some companies, manufacturing companies that are hiring yeah, and I just was tired of it. I was tired of getting this report, so I called up the top employer because I was tired of her. Like, I wanted to tell her once and for all, stop sending this data. And I called. Her, I was like, "Are you really hiring said, Yes, we are hiring, and we're looking for people with lean mapping skills, and we can't find anybody. And wow. that's when we started, you know, going in action. What year? Like, Do you know what she, year that was? Do you remember? I think was? it was. Uh, so I think it was t- two thousand and ten. That's i incredible. believe it was 2000 and yeah 2000, uh, yeah. 2000
0: yes 2010 was so let was. so let me uh, let me paint like the background picture for everybody here because we know each other we know the trajectory but this is so so when this all first started when this financial crisis hit was about what was that 2008 when that happened but obviously yeah. the reverberations from that happening between 2008 2009 um right so we it was probably sorry
1: it was probably july 2009 i take it okay. back july okay,
0: 2009 okay. where was what right so, so so i was, I was pregnant, pregnant so i know it was <laughs> and we're going to share a story about that too because this is how passionate justina is uh, we're going to get there but so we so employ um that's the organization that we're talking about here so Employon um was purchased by the startup that i was with um i believe that was 2007 and so the, you, you guys were a client at the state of New Jersey um, that entire mm-hmm. time, and it wasn't until, you know, conversations, you know, we, we had been thinking about, like, what are we going to do with this? Like, I yes. remember these meetings in the conference room. I was very young. This was like early days in my career for sure, and I was just there to learn. Um, but I, I remember the, and, and the, then, you know, you came along, and I just remember how much conversation that started. And that's when we tried, we started figuring out like, okay, we need to find a partner in this because we heard you, you know, and we were like, we saw it. Um, There's something you guys, first of all, and I'm going to just like add in this, there's something about Justina. I would say her, there are so many valuable skills. (laughs) I'm going to bring it back to skills for a second. But the one that I will come back to from probably like the first moment I was ever in her presence was the, what she sees in this data. Like what she, it just comes to her. It's like, I, I can't even imagine what's in your head. I'm trying to break it down for people that are just like not data people, but I'm just like envisioning this like crazy puzzle laid out on the floor. You know, those like thousand piece, really small puzzles. And it's like, Yastina's like that brilliant mind that sees like all the connections. Like she'll just be playing with it. And then it's like, oh yeah. Um, and so that, <laughs> That's how I remember you in from the beginning. So this, so, so again, you know, recession hits 2008, you know, we're engaging with this small company with the state of New Jersey with Eustina, with these like, again, crazy ideas, but we, we saw it, we believed it. We felt mm-hmm. it just the same way that you did. And we were like, okay, we're going to, and that's when yeah. we started looking for partners. Um, yeah. And that's when burning glass came into the picture. So that's, so the mm-hmm. so burning glass came into the picture we thought originally, maybe as a partner, we weren't really sure. Um, and then Burning Glass ended up acquiring EmployOn. And this all happened like in 2009, yes. late 2009. So like mm-hmm. the, these were conversations that were happening. Like I can remember you coming into the office <laughs> and, and I remember these conversations happening and there was like so much excitement. Um, you just, yes. you know, for anyone that's ever worked with a startup, I can say, you know, if you ever have experienced those moments when all of a sudden it's like the tipping point of everything going, you're like, you feel it. You, you just, it's like coming out of your pores, the excitement. That was the feeling that was there at that time. It was like, we've, we've got something and we can feel it. Um, and so when, you know, this all came final. Now I, I was the same. I was at this small little startup. I was acquired through burning glass with this acquisition. And then, you know, Justina. we were like, what's going to happen? And then Justina came and joined us. And this is kind of where like it all, everything that she'd been working on separately, she came in because she was like, yes, like, this is the thing. And I want to work on this. And what? So so now that everyone is on the same page as us with the story and all, (laughs) what was it that you were like, okay, originally you're at the state of New Jersey and you're like, I can help people. Um, what was it that made you just want to go further with this and figure it out
1: yeah so so, um i'm a little bit of a control freak (laughs) just a little bit um and i i sew every little piece of this and every little thing that i will need to make my dream come true So, like, there there was a very, very long RFP process for, and and I insisted rather than renewing the contract, uh, I insisted that we go through a very, very long RFP process, request for proposal. Um, It lasted 18 months.
0: Oh, I remember that. There was a lot of stress and like late FedEx runs because I was the person who was doing that stuff.
1: girl was the one who insisted that I am going to go and get the best of the best. I don't just want occupation and I don't want just want some pretty little, um, uh, you know, uh, standard classifiers. I want I want to go skills. I want to go into the nitty gritty of the job. Mm -hmm. And when I do that, I can I can actually really influence how training is 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 packaged. Which which um, job seeker should go into which kind of training? How we can help the employer best? And all the pieces were really like I, I could see it. I could see it so clearly, but to to start explaining to everybody like this is what we need here and this is what we need here, it it was it was gonna never be what I what I see and the only way.
0: I for, can those, for those of us that love Justina, we call this Justinis.
1: <laughs> I just want to, like, can I do it and get it over with? So, like, I remember <laughs> it was, uh, we, I called after, after everything settled. Uh, I called for a meeting with, with Employon, and uh, I, I understand, like, Burning Glass was partnering, but I didn't know yeah. the capacity yeah. at all. Um, and I called for a meeting and I I looked at Infleon in the face of the first person from Infoyon and I said, Don't you think that you got this contract, you're gonna get it easy. You may probably regret (laughs) ever applying for this ever sending your proposal because of what I am planning to do to you.
0: I did not witness this conversation, but I witnessed what was said internally afterwards. I want occupation, I want industry, I want certs, I want certifications,
1: I want skills, I want it all, and guess what? I'm going to get it all. <laughs> so that was that meeting. And then we went into, like it was um, October 22nd. I called for a four-hour whiteboarding session, and it was a huge conference room, and I got like, I got people from Leon, people from uh, the unemployment insurance everywhere, and I said, like, this is what we're going to do, and I went on the whiteboard, and I started, like, variable by data element by data element, this is how I'm going to need it. <laughs> This is how each piece I'm gonna need it, and then I looked at the whiteboard, and for whatever reason, I said like, "There is no way this is gonna be done if you're right. not doing it yourself." It. Yeah. So you know what? I'm gonna go do it myself, <laughs> and that's how it started. It was. It I'm was so
0: glad you did.
1: <laughs> it was, like i could see everyone in the room was sweating like how are we gonna do this it's like and that's when Absolutely. you know i need those data elements and i've
0: then- been in so many meetings where you describe something that's like totally amazing and i've learned now like i totally speak the language of justini is now um mm-hmm. but i love when there are people that don't and i see the sweating happening and it's like oh just wait because it's gonna be amazing <laughs> <laughs>
1: have this uh i don't know you call it blinders or whatever but when i when when i decide i'm gonna do something i become like a truck (laughs) i just keep going and many times i won't even tell people what i'm cooking because i don't want to hear it and when i hear it i'm already like i i but by, by the time i communicated to people i've already seen all the pieces i have an answer to all the pieces and i'm going to do it and that's it that's it are you with me or not are you on my train or not this is this is happening so yeah it was it was interesting but it it was i i think i think it's 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 the 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 load of the people that were hurting and and just coming up so close to the problem mm-hmm. that I think put me on fire. Uh, I I know how they are disturbed by whatever tools there, it, that we have. And I felt that, that I have an answer. I felt that there is something that this kind of data can provide that nothing else would provide it. And that was just the fuel with the little <laughs> gasoline and the little, little spark, you know, I have all the gasoline and that, you know, which is the
0: yeah. people I'm serving. And look spark was this data. Ain't nothing stopping me. I love in all of this that the whole time it's been about helping people, you know, and I mean, it, it truly has been, um, you know, again, I am fortunate enough to know you, Stina, in person, and I can tell you in all honesty, like that is what, she lives and breathes, um, and that's that was something that we shared, and something that you know we still share, and it's amazing. Um, so, before we jump into what it's looking like for the future from here, when you start to see all of the things you started seeing when this recession happened and the, this work, before we jump there, mm-hmm. one question that I want to ask you. Is, you know, I've pointed out some skills that I think, you know, just make you stand out. Um, but I'd love to hear from you. Not only is there, is there a, maybe like one or two skills that you feel like you you learned along this, you know, life journey of yours um, that mm-hmm. have really led to you being where you are today. And I'm curious because I know you have a fantastic educational history, Do you feel like those were learned while you were in school, while you were working? Like how how do you feel like you developed those along the way?
1: Yeah. Um, So there there wasn't a seed. And I think the first person who sowed that seed was my dad. Uh, So everybody in my family is an engineer. My mom, my dad, my sister, brother-in-law, everybody. So I was like sort of programmed that I, and of course we have, of course we have very, very strong quantitative skills. It was a matter of pride for, especially my mom who happens to be very feminist, that we be like the top of the class in math like no 59 is not good enough in math not acceptable so you, you you know with all this automatically you say okay we're gonna go into some kind of engineering or uh you know computer science or engineering yeah and i actually declare because you know what here here we go like it's one in a bunch and there's always a piece of me that i feel like, no, I want to come up close to people. I don't want to be just doing buildings. I want something with people. Yeah. But I just kept ignoring it because people, that means you're gonna waste your quantitative skills. That's Not that's it. a waste of time. And I think my dad said, you have to study people or else you will be very, very sad. You are a very different person. So always there is there is this, solving a real problem for real people rather than just a structural problem in some object has been a drive for me always that i you know I, I i want i want the data to to solve a problem so with that i was never interested in a model per se i was interested in a problem i was interested in providing Alternatives and 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 opportunities to highlight opportunities. So I think what I learned in my career is how how you can make the data speak uh, to the policymaker and to the job seeker because data is there. So the the navigation I started off first doing evaluation research, which is a lot of statistics. Mm-hmm. but it always starts with here's what is not working mm-hmm. and you know after a gazillion of these reports of the things that are not working I came to myself like girl <laughs> it's that's it's it's you know it's a come to Jesus kind of conversation it's like it's not gonna work you yeah. know you telling people what is not working is not gonna work because you you're just you're not helping them by saying all this is wrong you have to get into okay tell me what I should do yeah so that is that is what I learned you know you you have a set of tools and you can use it in multiple ways you can use it to to just provide some stats and you can use it to do like very very beautiful models Mm -hmm. Uh, but the, the thing about me and the more I did it, the more I wanted to do more of it, like it started to, um, you know, to, to breed and blossom mm-hmm. is finding opportunities where instead of telling you what doesn't work, I'm going to show you the opportunities. And, and that's how I shifted from program evaluation into analytics and analytics that actually you look at the data and say, well, this is what I'm going to do. This is how how I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna you know, I have resources. What are the opportunities? How can I use it to optimize uh, what I have? So it, like from there, I never saw so, like the scarcity, which is a very, very big concept in economics. I don't believe in it. I believe in it, Of course, there is scarcity, but there is so much that we don't do. Because of scarcity, because we think, okay, yeah. if we have more resources, we can do more and more and more. But what have you done with your resources? That's what I'm going to focus on. You can go get some more money, but let's focus on these uh, these opportunities. That's, I think, I think that, that is it. But this obsession with opportunity with yeah, showing up, you know, well, it's, possibilities. Well, it's
0: extremely entrepreneurial and innovative, this mindset that you're referring to. Um, In the second episode of this podcast, I had a chat with um, Tony Tsai um, and he talks about something called your plus, um, but essentially in your career plus, right? But in his article, he really describes um, quite in depth, you know, if you go after solving problems, you will always be successful. And that that concept of you know innovation, um, and that's really out of the box th- thinking, you know, in all aspects. Like I love that this mindset of yours, you know, the the idea that don't focus on. I mean, really, what you're saying is don't focus on the negative, whether it be in life, economics, whatever. Focus on the small window, the small yes. window where the light is, yes. and run towards it. Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I I I feel that that is that mindset has been my my biggest blessing. That you know that no no matter what I can I can always find a way out with that little opportunity window that I can find. Yeah, and
0: every time you go so, through it, there's more. Like that's the yes, thing about that. Yes, it's it's that it's the it's the gift that keeps on giving. It really is. I love that. So, so now like that that you answered the question of where you feel like, you know, these skills that you have, and I I think these skills especially are so powerful. Um, you know, this sort of like concept of out of the box thinking this problem solving, but for you, do you feel like this was something that you learned through life, through work, through school, all,
1: (laughs) um, through school because I did a gazillion extracurricular activity. <laughs> it's like um, a lot of um, a lot of activities, a lot of organizations that I I started leading even when I was at school. So anyone who tells you you need to get your 4.0 is actually misleading you because your 4.0 is going to be like a pretty round number that if you haven't complemented it with real life problems, it's not, it, 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 it's not going to, it's just going to be a piece of paper. So actually, personally, when, when I get, I get a lot of resumes and anyone who's like gets a 4.0 GPA and no activities whatsoever, and they didn't do anything that, Nope, Nope, Nope. So I think, I think that the, the focus on exposure, on um, on you know more, doing doing more than just the book. Yeah. And and seeing yeah. outside and getting exposed and see how people think, that is um, that is number
0: one. Yeah. Um, like how would you under if you didn't know this right? If you didn't experience these things, how would you be able to see the answer to those problems in the data?
1: exactly exactly and i have worked with a lot of data scientists that no matter what i do they can't feel a problem the model works it doesn't <laughs> did it help someone out there no then it doesn't work no but it's you see look at look look at the score and look at all these like i don't
0: <laughs> want <laughs> to look at your score. I want to look at my yeah. people. This you don't is want the number. This is number. Is my people. Exactly. So, from, well, you know, it's funny there. because I look at your degrees too. And I laugh because we talk about this all the time, you know, especially when you're hiring people for your team, I'm just going to sit on this for a second because this is really skill related. And I think this is important for everyone to hear this. You know, you have a great combination of focusing on economics and then focusing more on sort of this philosophy but like i've seen and we've talked about it before where you look for these people that have sort of this mesh of this analytical mindset with the understanding of how people work and i really think you know in terms of this type of work that you're doing not that it works across the board but it's it it is a really great concept like that understanding of people i really want to press on this as a second that understanding of the solving of the problem what the problem is feeling it in a way yeah. like being able to experience it. So if anyone is sitting here listening to this today, if you haven't been on unemployment and I don't mean unemployment for like a short period of time, I mean truly on unemployment at a time when you did not have a prospect where you didn't yeah. know what to do. You didn't know. And I've been there. I've been there early on in my career and it was a difficult place to be yeah. Um, yeah. and finding those things. So if you haven't yet felt that or experienced it in that way I mean there's ways to find it right go and talk to a lot of people you can get their experience and bring that into you but if you can't have that emotional aspect of that understanding it's what do you think do you think that that is like a, a negative if they don't have that
1: yes and also like so so in my career you know we we are supposed to be providing the labor market information here but um, one thing that I, I think also served me very well is that I, you know, we had, we had some funding for uh, field research and there are supposed to be, you know, people who go out and see like how businesses are doing and all that. And it's like, um, guess what? That's not what we're going to do anymore. You're going to go to the workforce, uh, you know, uh, um, locations. And I want you to sit next to the people who are serving the unemployed. I love unemployed. this. I sit love it. Just sit yep. next to them, and then after you're gonna say like, here is one source of data that you could use. But you're gonna come back to us and say like, this is the data that just really didn't work. Yeah. And I don't care what yep. what are the requirements for publishing this data. If it doesn't serve a person, it doesn't serve us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So th- what I learned in my career is. I I I was blessed with some opportunities that I took advantage of. They're not readily available to go into the field where your de- you, where your data is being served. You know, if 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 a chef is sitting in in right. their in their pretty kitchen and never gets to encounter anyone that they are serving, how would they know if they are doing a good job or not? Exactly. Okay, people came back, but which part did they not did they like? And and so you you would find in good restaurants that the chef comes and say, how's everything? Yes, the manager can come, but the chef has to come out yeah, and yeah. check how how things are being served. And I I just um, forced myself onto situations where I can I can see how the data is served and and be part of the the conversation, whether at a policy level like what is hurting really mm-hmm. um, what are your what are the pain points you know experiencing a day in their lives yeah is yeah. what I tried very much to 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 understand mm-hmm. and that probably shifted all oh, what i'm doing from just it's it's another table it's another tool into there could be a solution here. They, this 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 is their workflow, and I can be, make it easier, more effective this way. I yeah. think is, is something. It, it it takes it takes interest in the beginning, and and, and my very very beginning of my career when, uh, I, I actually did a lot of sales, like the first three years, even when I was when I was in high school, I did a lot of sales, and and I, it it just taught me a lot about how to, to think people, how to
0: see what, uh, yeah. you know. I do agree. What, I feel uh, like everyone in their life at some point, however much they might hate it, because like some people, right? Like sales is not for everybody, but everyone should try that hat on
1: yes.
0: at some point in their life. Um, and and sales I, or customer service. Right? I would
1: say sales or customer, customer, customer service, yes.
0: Yeah, yes. Just, just try it. You don't have to love it it's just to have that understanding completely, exactly. completely. So, so I want to kind of shift now because we, we talked about the early days, which I love. I mean, I, I love to hear the stories of where you saw this, you know, you saw how it could solve this problem. You just knew you had to get in there and do this on your own. Um, I, you know, not that I want to fast forward through those early days, but you know, what I'm thinking is maybe we can talk a little bit about sort of like from the comparison from then until now, because we're all experiencing something that's different right now, right? Yeah. COVID-19 has caused an economic crisis in our world um, at a bigger yes. scale than we had experienced back in that time. But there, there are moments, and we've talked about these, where we're looking back and seeing this, you know, this point in time that changed things Um, and we're living one of those points in times right now. And so how is it, you know, maybe just like a little bit about the difference between, um, you know, how you like, we already kind of heard how you approached it back then. Like, how is it different now? Um, how, you know, what's come along in terms of data, in terms of technology that can like help solve these challenges at a bigger scale differently.
1: Yeah. Um, so I one of uh one of the books that probably impacted me most and because I cringed at every thing about it was the brave new world. Mm. And you you see like you're going to produce everybody in this bunch is exactly the same and exactly the same here and then another bunch and another bunch they're all the same and there is zero opportunity to break out of that box if you are not predestined into whatever that box looks like. So you 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 know you're you're born into it, and and once you're born into it, whatever you will do, you have to do it exactly the same. Mm-hmm. The reason the reason I I I reference this book because my entire um Work, passion was about how to get you out of that box, how to differentiate you. So I love your, your, your focus in this podcast on, uh, you know, the skill plus, what is your plus? And what has been happening in a lot of the skills um, anal- analytics is you're always looking at the top. Yeah. and the top will be very very similar no matter where you go it is very very similar where i go is what will make kelly very very distinct from you Sina. what will make you Sina, very very distinct from this other analytics person so all my analytics is about like let's let's pull out your diversity and couple it with the skills that employers are really really hurting without so now that i know something about unique about you and give you something unique that the employer is looking for wouldn't you be able to just wipe out competition Hmm. and in doing so you're not just a passive receiver of a job description you are making the job the job is yeah. you and you are the job. You are constantly making each other, and that's where I feel, you know. And and it took it took a very very long time. Like I always wanted to give you, like, what is your differentiation? And we hear it all the time in, in you know consulting. What is your differentiator? As if you know, just tell me that one little thing. But it's not like you you so, are so, yeah. the whole you are your entire package is you and it's a very personalized say,
0: look yes yeah.
1: so that's what i mean by the personalized pathways and all that a lot of people are talking about it but the entire model that i'm, I'm using for skills analysis is just like it is t- you know everything is like upside down where instead of looking at the most common the most common becomes like okay you're not gonna be in this in a data science career without some quantitative skills but how can i make you the one and only data scientist who can also think about you know anthropology this way or or you know the um gis or or whatever whatever it is can we can we find this perfect marriage and celebrate really this differentiation that then you're not going to need like 10 of those. It's going to be very, very different. The team composition, everything about the team will be very, very different once we understand that differentiator, both for the job and for the job seeker.
0: Yeah. So yes, that's my you, obsession. And and I, lo- I mean... <laughs> I I know we can go into this, but I'm going to, I'm struggling because I'm like, I know this so well and we can just go into the depths here, but just for the audience, I'm going to keep it um, at this level where, you know, asking back. So, okay. So this sounds extremely prescriptive. So when you know what makes a person a person, right? What makes them them, their personalized set of skills, their little puzzle piece in this world of skills, right? When we know that what you're saying can make them different differentiated is that learnable? Yes absolutely
1: absolutely that is that is the core you know again it 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 has to be the uh, the opportunity so it is not you know it you're not different you know your differentiation according to the data is never the color of one's skin it's never gender it's never anything that if if you can't change it, I won't be. I, I'm not interested in even exposing it as part of the data. Got it. And so, it. like, whenever people say, like, "Oh, I want to," I am serving this population and show me the data that has this population. I say, like, no. I actually, I'm gonna kick out that population altogether. All those colors and and uh, and deterministic factors. I'm gonna kick that out, and I'm gonna help you see. What is unique about you, and what is the unique about the skill, and and make you just the perfect fit. So while it is prescriptive, it is not that it is not that the brave new world kind right. of prescription where everybody is in a is is in that you know little incubator. It's it, it is, but we try through this model to learn a lot about you, and because there are so thousands and thousands of jobs out there, there is a perfect match for you here and the gap is x and then there's you know there are four or five options which one do you feel most you in? and that's where you can pursue and it's not based on okay what are your you know you're gonna be a teacher because you love teaching everything has to be based on jobs that exist what employers are asking for today and guess what many of them are asking for just you know, a Eustina Saler or a Kelly Bailey, but they never said it. They are asking for exactly what we offer in those right, right. tons of jobs. Which I they- love,
0: I mean, it's, and, and, you know, going back to everything that's happening today, we've had a heck of a year. Right. But like this concept, this is nothing new. Like we all that have been working in this world, like, and I'm, I'm talking everything that's happened this year, the social issues, the, you know, economic crisis, like, Everything that we're seeing and experiencing has just been, you know, blown up. Um, it was yeah. there. It was there. It was under the surface. Just most people didn't feel it. So I love number one that you talk about because it's very. I mean, from a diversity perspective, like you, this this idea of thinking about someone as their person in terms of skills means you don't ever see any of the other things that people use in determining factors to hire yeah. someone. You never know, you don't need to know what they look like, what color hair they have. You don't need to know any of it, their gender, anything. Um, You can see what it is that they bring to the table and you can show them as the person what they bring to the table, what makes them, whatever that is, how special they are and what is the step that they can take to become, you know, to, to find, like, like you said, that perfect match. Because that's, that's the thing at the end of the day is like, and it's, there could be more than one. It's just whatever makes them feel most confident. And going back to what you described before, which is what, like when I picture this in my mind, I honestly picture that entrepreneurial spirit in you that found the window that looked for the light in the darkness. Right. And that is exactly the same piece that we're describing here. Like if we look to the negative negative. Um, we're only going to see the problems. But if we find right. our window in that darkness and yeah. if we go towards that, once you go through as a person, once you take that next step in your career by understanding where you are, you then open all new windows for yourself. Exactly, exactly. And I'm not by any means saying that, you
1: know, this is going to solve that d- diversity problem altogether or people will not, have their biases because we are all biased. But all it will do is you know you will have you know three people, one one is you know yellow, one is green, one is orange, whatever their colors are. And in I'm, I'm I like orange more, right? But you will see the statistics about the skills that they bring, and you'll see that this person has all these skills this person has only these skills and this person is looks like this are you really willing to to let your biases you know kick in when your work is gonna be done much more effectively if you let go of these biases it's 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 a step right um to to you know building a more diverse um and more um and 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 more effective work pattern because if you're gonna be hiring, you know, 15 people that looks exactly like you, that thinks exactly like you,
0: maybe you should save your money and hire only one. Right. <laughs> you think 15 if you have yeah. one, right? Everyone's going to think the same thing. I know it's, and you know, I I find you're right. Like this is one step, but you know, when we talk about this whole journey that we've been on, again, we're not going to talk about how many years. It might have been 20. <laughs> But, you know, this, this, yeah, this, I'm like, it um, but this, you know what, we're proud of it. It's all good. Um, but, you know, this, this time, if you think about where we are today and we're saying this is one step, imagine, for those of you who haven't been doing this for this long, imagine how we felt looking back 20 years ago and what mm-hmm. felt like when we said one step back then. Ooh, but now when we look across this period of time and see how far we've come, it's actually amazing. So these little steps built up over time truly make a difference. And for someone yeah. like Christina, that's always wanted to focus on how she can help people and solve those problems. <laughs> um, this is a huge impact. Um, and, the, and, and the work that you're going to continue to do, I have no doubt the amount of impact and I'm gonna cry a little bit because <laughs> because I know how passionate you are about it um, yeah. but it's you know I really honestly it's it seems small the windows seem small all the things that we're talking about these little opportunities in the big picture of things seem small but they're not
1: yeah they're not they totally are not yeah.
0: So unfortunately, we can't just go on forever because we could. You you know we can. We have you know our anytime we have our meetings, they they just go on and on. We can talk forever. Um, we can brainstorm forever. That's the way we work. But we're on the podcast today. We have to cut it short. So before we end today, Eustina, is there anything else? Because um, I I even feel like we've only scratched the surface here. Like I I know there's so much more. But is there anything else that you'd like to leave people with today? Um, you know, about kind of where things are going or what hope to look for or the excitement of something that's going to be new soon?
1: Um, The, 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 the excitement is you as you are with just few, you know, few more fine-tuning can be just the perfect thing that can bring so much value to a company, to an economy, um, to, you know, to, to the world. And I just like, I, I am gonna leave with a note, like really celebrate who you are. Um, And, you know, you, you will, you will face a lot of, a lot of uh, opposition. I did, but you know, instead of dwelling on it, take, all right. they have a good point. Where are the good points that you can use to just like all right, you know recalculating routes, you recalculate routes, but you're still going, you know your final destination. the little things here and there uh should should, should you know you you should keep going, but in terms of the world of um of skills um you know the it I'm hoping that the work that we are doing can just help a lot of people discover who they are and what they can bring to the table, as well as employers. Employers sometimes are looking for too many things, and it's like maybe what you're looking for is this, uh, same as an economy. So so this, this commonality between a training program that does exactly what an employer needs from a particular candidate Mm -hmm. that perfect equilibrium is what we are we're going for at mz and we're gonna keep on
0: going (laughs) i absolutely love it well thank you so much again for joining me today thank you so much again for being on this journey of skills with me um in our life um in general and and thank you so much for all of the Passion that you have around this. I never did get to share the story. Maybe we'll have to save it for a later um, one of our our silly like giving birth while still working stories. We're gonna get there. Um, we're gonna have to have you see it back sometime because this this work has is just continually moving. Um, and what she sees and finds is amazing. So we will have her back for sure. But um, if you wa- would like to follow Justina, you can find her on LinkedIn. Um, she is just for the spelling of the name, Y-U-S-T-I-N-A-S-A-L-E-H. Um, you can also look up any information you'd like um, on MZ's website, economicmodeling.com or skills.mzdata.com. And I just want to thank you all for listening in today to Let's Talk About Skills Baby. Um, If you did enjoy this podcast, would love to hear about it. Please subscribe, share, comment, rate, whatever you need to do. Um, And you can also follow me, Kelly Bailey, on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram at Kelly R. Bailey. Well, thank you again and hope you all have a wonderful day.